0: So this is the oh feeling. Hey, thirteenth 13th thirteenth episode. 13th episode. We've oh done shit!
1: This 13 times. I'm remember so when proud. It was like time number five, and you were like, "Whoa, we've done this five times."
0: Look at us now. I know. Well, I remember that like tenth episode, which was not that long ago. It wasn't. Still, feels like we were babies back then. We knew nothing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I just want to talk about okay, where Taylor. we're. I just want to talk about where we're sitting right now. <laughs> People need to know. Usually, we sit very far apart from each other, across a desk or a table or a room. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Right next to each other. Our knees are touching. We, they, they are. It's they very are. sensual. And
1: we are looking into each other's eyes, which doesn't always happen. I can't.
0: I know, it's like too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the reason for this is that we are currently being joined with two of our friends, neither of which is Kat. Um, yeah, we have... Um, two friends. Yes, two friends. We actually have more. Um, <laughs> one of them is Kate. Hey, hey! you might know Kate uh, if you also listen to Wait What. She is the co-host along with our friend Mort, um, and she also has guest starred on Wait What in the Past and on Pitching and Moaning. So, yeah. And then... We have Bobby. Hello, listeners. (laughs) That wasn't creepy as fuck.
1: (laughs) Good job, Bobby. Oh, I'm just setting the tone. Bobby has Mm -hmm. also been on Wait What, as well as Pitching and Moaning. Yes.
0: Yes. So these are um, some of our good, good Daily Gravy members. We
1: have a a different (laughs) episode for you guys, and it's entirely my fault. It's all
0: Emily's fault.
1: So if you remember correctly, last time I said I was starting a new job and uh, stage managing a show. Well, uh, as of right now, we go into tech on Sunday, and I am two weeks into the new job, Mm -hmm. and my life is on fire. (laughs) We've had to fire two actors... And we go into tech on Sunday.
0: Woo. So, so everything's um, really good, is what you're saying. It's, yeah, great. it's great. It's great. You love it. It's great.
1: <laughs> so we kind of needed to get an episode out, and this was going to be the way to do it. So we're doing something a little different.
0: Yes. Um, we are not telling stories that we found on the internet. We are, we are not talking about serial killers. So ah, we're so sorry. Of you
1: playing along at home with that one.
0: Yeah. Maybe we'll pick that up next week. Or maybe we'll just do something dumb again next week, and then the weekend. Depends week
1: after- on how opening weekend goes. Yeah,
0: you know what? We will fucking keep you posted. Yeah. <laughs> Don't try to predict this shit. It's not organized. Despite <laughs> our best efforts. No, no, I mean they're okay. Um. So. We are talking from a more personal point of view this time, um, which is the kind of thing that doesn't need research, and that's why we like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this conversation is just going to be sort of off the cuff. Um, we are talking to these two particular lovely ladies today because we have all had similar experiences in relationships, um, particularly with people who have not been super cool. Uh, all the time, or at all. Ever. Ever. <laughs> um, so we kind of wanted to talk about this not only because we're uh, real lazy, um, but also <laughs> but also because just with everything we're hearing in the media lately about sexual harassment and sexual abuse, charges being brought against literally every man on Earth, I'm pretty sure pretty at this sure. point. Pretty sure, uh, it's close. It's, Except for Tom Hanks. You leave yeah, him alone. That's true, Tom Hanks has never hurt anyone. He would never do this. I don't <laughs> think he could. Knock on wood. (laughs) I have no gods, no masters anymore, though, you guys. Like, it's kind (laughs) of over for men, I think. I think men might be over, 2017. Man
1: is over. But,
0: yeah, uh, it's actually trickled down now, not from celebrities we don't know, all the way down to, like, people we kind of know in, like, our communities and stuff. And that's really shitty and hard uh, to deal with.
1: Uh, Yeah.
0: Because this is happening... So often, seemingly every That's day, so multiple much. times a day. Um, we wanted to have a conversation about some experiences that we have had in the past with relationships that did not go well, that had abuse in them of different kinds. Um,
2: as and well as men,
1: just, just, just shitty know, interactions
0: with men,
2: interactions <laughs> with people, human I would, beings. I would like to bring up the fact that, uh, this idea was thought of and then 15 minutes later, you had messaged two women that you know, and both of them were like, "Oh yeah, I've got some shit I can say." Yeah, yeah.
0: and I'm confident if one of the two of you or both of you were not available, we still could have found somebody we else. Have we that's don't a problem. That's a huge problem. I don't think we know anybody who doesn't have a shitty story to tell about yeah. some relationship they've had.
2: And to be fair, it's it's not all encompassing of women, but it seems to happen to them a lot more. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And we've talked about
0: this in the past when we did, uh, domestic violence abuse survival tips. Like it is not just women who face this. We no. are totally aware of that. Um, but it is y- women at a higher rate. That is for sure. And we're all women and we've all had these experiences. So yeah. when right. you
3: guys reached out to me and mm-hmm. were like, Hey, so would you be comfortable talking about your experience? I was like, yeah. And I was driving down the road and went. I honestly don't think I know a single woman who hasn't had an experience. Literally. In my life, I don't have a lot, of, a lot of women in my life, but I know that every single one of them has had some experience.
0: Oh, boy, is it a fucking epidemic in being a yeah. <laughs> Like
2: it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a problem. Were you, were you born with tits? Sorry, honey. Here come all of your experiences.
0: Shit's about to be real hard forever. Yeah,
2: you need to <laughs> learn really early on that people
3: can
0: be assholes.
3: That's just yeah. the way it is. It's it's you have to grow up a little faster. I'm yeah. sorry.
0: That's true. That is really true. I don't even think we talk that much about like how girls have to figure out that people are shit much earlier than a lot of other people do. Do you want
1: to? Because I can uh
0: Yeah, let's talk about that. We'll, yeah. That. We'll start yeah. it out. Emily. Yeah. <laughs> you have the floor.
1: Yeah, so I'll start with young age when I was in daycare back in my hometown. And I had a kid that every time I would wear a dress, he would bite my legs.
0: That's just so fucking it's so, weird for one. It's so weird. <laughs> it's super weird.
1: And I used to love to wear dresses and I was only like maybe five, six. And no, not even. I was like four or five. And my brother was in the military and he had a black belt And my parents did what they were supposed to do and went through the proper channels of talking to the daycare staff, being like, this needs to stop. And they're like, oh, he's just being a boy. Boys will be boys. So they can bite you. Yeah, they can (laughs) bite your legs and you can hate it, but there's nothing we're going to do about it. Yeah, you're a decoration. Just
2: shut up and take it. Right. Um,
1: Yep. So (laughs) my brother sat me down and taught me how to punch (laughs) at like five (laughs) years
0: old. (laughs) Yeah, ma'am. A Get tiny, it. I just picture like a <laughs> tiny Emily fist, just flying out of nowhere, <laughs> right in your fucking face.
1: My mother warned the daycare staff of what would happen the next time the kid bit my legs. I did punch him. <laughs> <laughs> they what? put me on a timeout after I punched him for biting him <sighs> in the legs, the And they seven. called my mom and she was like, no. Right. I told you what would happen. Why do you think this is okay?
2: That child is biting another child. Kids shouldn't bite other kids. That's a thing like. How are we not teaching people not to do that? They <laughs> put dogs down for biting people. <laughs> and yet here we are, just like, oh, don't worry, little boys can just do whatever the fuck they want, apparently. Right. Well, and like
0: all the any sexual stuff, undercurrent aside, like, what that taught that kid was that. He can do anything he wants to your body. Yep. Doesn't fucking matter. And that that is the start of it. It's and always also, about that. on top of that, if he's getting to do that to you,
2: what is he getting to do to any other kid? Well, here's the thing. You taught him that it's okay to just take what he wants. Yeah. Is Is what yeah. you've taught him. Is that the, the body that he is touching without permission, mm-hmm. it's totally fine for him to do that. This is... Like, we talk about rape culture, and that's such a buzzword, and people don't like that word, but this is where it starts. Yeah. is you are teaching this child that it is okay to force himself in a physical way on another person. Yeah. And you've told this story before,
0: and you had to change your behavior.
1: Yep. I stopped wearing dresses for a really long
0: time. That kid was never talked to. He didn't have to change anything about his behavior. You had to start wearing different clothing. Yep. To not have this happen to you. I didn't
1: wear dresses again really until college. Ugh.
0: Like that affected so much of your life. Like, all because this one kid that nobody could bother to tell him, maybe just don't bite. That's what that's rape culture. Instead of telling dudes, maybe just don't rape we have to change the way we dress. We have to change where we walk. We have to change how we hold our keys in parking garages just to be sure that you know yep. we're safe.
2: Yeah, we're assigning the responsibility to the victim as opposed to teaching people that it's not a thing they should fucking do in the first place.
0: So that's, the, um, that's a lesson that you and that boy got to learn very early on. And it leads to futures like uh, some of the shit we've had and dealt with. So, uh, I guess we can uh, talk about that for a while. This might not get super fun for a while, but we told you about. You've been warned. Yeah. We told you about, like, Richard Speck, like, a month ago, so.
1: Also, like. You can handle it. Who was the night stalker. Oh. I through, like.
0: Richard Ramirez. Why are they always named Richard? I don't
1: know. Like, 70
0: cases. Almost. Oh yeah. That's the one where we had to <laughs> stop and pause before. Yeah. Like, yeah. So if so you can handle is, that, if you
1: can handle that. You can handle this. You're fine. Yeah.
0: It's all fine. Um, so yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever had as an experience as sort of quintessential as that, as far as like, here's what your future will be like as a lady and what his future will be like as a man. But I still feel like by the time I got to college, I was obviously in a place that being manipulated by another human being was super easy. I <laughs> didn't really realize that that was a thing about me, but apparently I had been taught some stuff, maybe by society, whatever, that, you know, that that was okay. I thought I thought it was okay when it was not. And so I personally, like, we can sort of go around and talk about this. I personally yeah. was in a three-year-long abusive relationship Uh, that I didn't even realize was all that bad until, like, very near the end.
3: And that's exactly pretty much how mine was, too. It was, I didn't realize till it got to a certain point, and I went, oh, oh no, (laughs) I don't have a clue how to get out of this. Right. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was in a relationship for two years that should have lasted a couple months, but this guy told me every day that if I ever left him, he'd kill himself. And I fabulous. did not register that that was abuse. I was just like, "Oh, I'm the only thing keeping this person alive," and you know, if they spin it correctly, it makes you feel important and yep, right. like you have a purpose. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of growing up and a little bit of outside perspective to go, "Oh no, yeah, no, oh. he's lying to you. <laughs> you are being lied to. <laughs> this
0: was all a manipulation. Yeah, fabulous, perf." Yeah, Um, I do want to be clear, like we're, we've all, we have all had, these are totally different stories, these are totally different things that happened to us all around the same age, weirdly enough. 18, 19, and 19, right? Yep. Yes. <laughs> like, and none of us knew each other at the time right. this was
2: going on. We yeah, had, we
0: all met after this was over. We met
2: well after this had happened, but I the didn't experiences li- are, are so shockingly similar. It's
0: re- kind of weird, actually.
2: I didn't even live in this area,
3: so there's yeah. no way I would have even known any of you guys.
0: Kate, the first time I ever met you, I think, was at a con. It and was. we bonded because uh, our past abusive boyfriends have the same first name. Yep. And I was like, wait, Really? Yeah, like, was you had a three-year-long three relationship with a shitty dude named Blank? Like, <laughs> holy shit. It was kind of a great. And yeah. then I was like, now you're my friend forever. Yeah, I think it was this a is very, how this works.
3: It's a very <laughs> interesting way to bond. And I was like, I'm making friends in the weirdest of ways.
0: But yeah, it took us a while after meeting each other to sort of really understand each other's stories. But you're right. Like, the similarities in them are really striking. Obviously, we had different specific incidents. Um But... Do we just want to talk a little bit about, like, sort of the specifics of stuff we faced, that sort of thing, starting sure, out? Sure, yeah. Like, okay. maybe
3: how it started? Sure. Where you met the person, like, how it started. Yes. Like, all that? Yeah. Um,
0: I can start? start. Sure, I can start. <laughs> Get a girl. Uh, yeah, take the wheel.
3: So, mm-hmm. I had met that guy, and I had already had been dating another guy, and I was in the throes of breaking up with him, not because he had cheated and I had almost caught him, but because he was super um, jealous all the time. If I didn't message him on my 15 minute breaks, he thought I was cheating. He had a lot of very-
0: Oh my God. I
3: picked really great guys for a long time. (laughs) It has a lot to do with my past. I didn't have the best influences growing up. So I was like, oh yeah, this, I can't do this anymore. And then I started hanging out with this guy and we worked at the same place. Um, we did different job roles and we started dating really quickly. Um, we, I remember, I didn't remember this until after everything had ended, but I remember about three months into it, my stepdad going and saying, I don't know how I feel about this guy. Like I haven't been seeing you as much lately and that should have been the first red flag, but I didn't think about it because I'm from Northwest Wisconsin where the town sizes are smaller, mm-hmm. and eventually we moved in together, so that would make sense why we, even though we lived 15 minutes away, it's a lot of backcountry driving, and I had to work a full-time job, and I was full-time school, so I didn't think anything of it. So you
0: could write it off. Yeah. 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 It seemed was, normal.
3: Yeah, it seemed normal. I was like, my life is just busy. So that's I, I kind of met him through that, and I didn't realize... Anything for a very long time.
2: But yeah. that's where I met mine was work. Yeah. Men through work. Yeah. I met mine through a friend of a friend of a friend. Like, we just had a chance encounter at a party one time and really hit it off. And he was just this quiet, shy, like, s- perceivably sweet, innocent little, like, man. Mm-hmm. And that is. My aesthetic. (laughs) She's
0: about Uh, about it, about it.
2: I I am. (laughs) Very. So we hit it off really well and everything worked for a couple months. Mm -hmm. And I had just moved out of my parents' house and he kind of moved in. And it was (laughs) kind of a, it was a slow process of like, you haven't, left because he still lived with his grandma his his parents are a whole thing like kid comes from a very unfortunate background sure um not an excuse but either way he lived with his grandma and he had a key to my apartment and he just kind of slowly moved in and it was one of those things (laughs) where like you don't notice it you know yeah wait like
0: comedians joke about that like where people leave toothbrushes and yeah. and different stuff at your house until they've moved in did that actually happen to you yes legitimately Holy that's shit. also
1: how Kat moved in <laughs> well fuck but with video games and Game of Thrones
2: <laughs> oh, no toothbrushes. I can't sure, believe I that later. No, I mean seriously it was that's just amazing. he was there all the time because I was working full time at a gas station like trying to figure out what I was doing with my life and he had a part time fast food job and was going to school full time And before I knew it, like, we were living together and I didn't think much of it because it's like, it's one of those things where when you put the lobster in the water, you just slowly turn the water on until it boils. And by the time you notice anything, it's too late. Yeah. Well, we were, like, he officially moved in because I was like, if you're going to be here, you're going to start paying rent because I can't do this on my own. And he was like, oh yeah, totally. So he stopped going to school and kept doing his part-time fast food job and then he lost that Mm -hmm. and just became a live-in boyfriend oh god (laughs) who didn't do anything he sat there and played video games like it was still somehow my responsibility to try to clean the house which resulted in us living in a dumpster like uh fabulous fuck that and it over the course of like i wasn't allowed to have my baby brother who is 12 years younger than i am So, at the time, he was six or seven. So, I had had him over a couple times, and my, at the time, boyfriend did not like that anymore because he found him annoying. So, I was like, okay, well, I'll just go over to my parents' house to visit with him, which that should have been a red flag, is, hey, uh, I don't give a shit what you think. Mm -hmm. But then I found myself going over to my parents' fewer and fewer times because he didn't want to be there but even though I was just at my parents' house, if I didn't respond to a text message within 15 minutes, I was fucking everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. As soon as I'm outside of, of eyesight, I am just straight fucking, apparently. Jealousy. Better... Such a big fucking red flag. But yeah. Like...
1: Sidebar. Yeah. I just want to touch on the theme of insecurity in males. Yeah. <laughs> because... <Mm-mm. laughs> It's such a thing. And it's used as an excuse to protect other men from women having opinions (laughs) about their behavior. Yeah. Yeah. The number of times I've heard it in this show, I'm stage managing. Oh, "Oh, he's just insecure. You know, he's really insecure. You just, you got to be gentle with him. It's like, I am not here to be gentle with my actors. (laughs) I'm not your
2: mother. Right. Yeah.
1: No, if he's... Doing things that put children in danger. He's going to hear about it. Yeah. And I don't care about his insecurities.
0: No, no. Insecurities make sense for other (laughs) stuff.
1: (laughs) Like,
3: you're like, oh, well, we're going to go do this thing. Uh, He's just a little insecure around people, so he's going to be super shy. Fine. Fine. That's acceptable. (laughs) But you're insecure, so me rejecting you hurts you too much. Right. Go fuck
2: yourself. Well, or insecurities too- are a perfectly excusable thing when what the action is in and of itself is excusable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't feel like going to a giant nerd convention because I'm insecure about being in a large group of people. I don't handle crowds well. Mm-hmm. All right, don't go. Right. Uh, I am insecure about being in a large group of people, so I just started punching people at a concert I went to. Right. Not excusable.
0: The minute your insecurity starts affecting the actions of other people, it is not okay, and that's what like these dudes are doing. Have always done. Like, like you started isolating yourself from your family because. He didn't want to be around them. Yeah. Like like and that's instead of just him saying, Well, I'll just I just won't go then or I'll suck it the fuck up and I'll go over because this is important to you, you had to change your behavior. Yep. <laughs> and yep. that's when it's not fucking cool. Yep. But it's that's when that's also something that's really hard to see. Cause...
1: Again, women adjusting
0: mm-hmm.
1: their behavior <coughs>
3: around male insecurity. Yeah. So to build off on that, mm-hmm. My next step in that relationship I had was education. Mm -hmm. He went to a tech college. I went to a university. Mm -hmm. I was finishing up the university, and we were thinking of where to go. He wanted to go to this one school, and I wasn't really particular about what school. I kind of wanted to go to a few other ones. Mm -hmm. But there was one school, so this is an insight. At one point, I did want to go for uh, sex therapy, I want to Ooh. be a sex therapist. <laughs> um, but the only good school was in Canada, and I had been talking to him about it, and he freaked out. So instead, we both applied to U of M Duluth, which we both got in, but we didn't end up going because uh, he was still applying for positions because he could still get a job. Mm-hmm. And this is how I ended up in lacrosse. He had looked at a job. He's like, it's far away. I told him, go ahead, do it. And because of that, he told me, he's like, okay, and you like you need to transfer to this other school you you were going to lacrosse you're gonna yeah so I he he had turned it around to make it seem like I was the one that was like making this decision thankfully mm-hmm. the university here in lacrosse is an amazing school right. but so we moved here and uh I started going to school here he started working here
1: mm-hmm.
3: and then slowly when we would go up north to visit family it was mostly his family mm-hmm But that was the big thing is he got me away three hours away. From your own family. From my own family. He also, it should have been a big hint. His dad at one point almost had a heart attack. And he had like heat exhaustion. He didn't cry. He. We were together three years. He never cried once.
0: Yeah. Um, The emotional stuff is like... That's the sort of thing I didn't notice for, like, a really long time. <laughs>
3: he did also punch a guy for whispering in my ear once. Oh, well, Jesus. The,
2: the emotional thing <clears throat> is this is how we're shitty to men and boys, is that they are taught they're not allowed to experience their emotions. Yeah, sure. And this, is, this plays into rape culture. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. They are told that they have to bottle everything up, and there's only so much you can bottle up. And we don't notice when men don't express emotion Because that's what society has told them they are supposed to do. Right. They are not supposed to cry. You are not supposed to know how they are feeling. They are supposed to sack up and deal with it. Mm -hmm. If I swallow this pain and keep it in a tiny little ball, one day I'll eventually die. And it'll (laughs) die with me. Right. That is not a good way to live. No. No. So, it, like, it is a double-edged sword, mm-hmm. you know? It's, it's- yeah.
0: The patriarchy and shit affects men negatively, too. Yeah. Like, there's no denying that. I will say, like, in my case, uh, the, the guy I was with, I, I met him in college. Uh, I met him, like, the first couple of weeks in college. He was a part of an organization that I became a part of. Um, and he didn't grow up that way. He didn't grow up being told he wasn't able to, Express his emotions. He had very liberal parents who I got to know very well because again, this was a three-year relationship that we ended up in. Um, and they were they were like the nicest, sweetest people. His dad cried at the drop of a hat, like the guy who was just had so many sweet little emotions. Um, they were such sweet and kind people. It was totally different. But what I believe this guy's problem is, and what the problem is of so many abusers that people find themselves involved with is that they lack empathy. It's not that they were taught not to have emotions. They don't have them, or they are not able to identify with other people's. Like, I believe that he lacked the ability to to look at other people's emotions as, as valid as his own. So he... If, like, if I would express an emotion around him, I was being irrational, or I was being crazy. I was unable to have a discussion without allowing my emotions to get in the way. Um, And that was the way we talked to each other. I never was able to express an emotion without him saying that I shouldn't be doing that, that I was wrong, that my emotion was completely invalid, and only his emotions were ever the ones I was allowed to validate or talk about.
2: I have so many words for that.
0: (laughs) So... Many. That was the situation. Like everything started out okay. Anyway, he seemed like a normal person. I believe that narcissists and sociopaths seem like a normal person for at least a little bit. For at they're least a at little it. bit,
3: yeah, they're, they're really good at
1: somehow being super charming and
3: they upfront. Learn mm-hmm. They learn they
1: cultures exactly. and they adapt to mirror. Social behaviors. But
0: the thing is, that's all they're ever doing is mirroring, so if you ever delve deeper than the surface level, you can see there's nothing fucking there. But that's the problem with, like you said before, like being in a relationship like this, it's like slowly turning up the temperature of the water. Like everything happens so slowly over time, and all these little manipulations they do, he was very good at it. To yep. the point where like by the time you do realize that you're not being treated well... You think you deserve it? Yeah, like it's such a crazy one hundred and eighty that can be.
2: So fucking deep, you don't know how you'll ever get out of it. Right. Like when when I finally had my awakening of just like this is garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in a four wheeler accident shortly after I turned twenty one, and I could no longer afford the rent on my apartment because Mm. I couldn't work, and my disability wouldn't kick in until they knew how long I was going to be out. And I was looking at surgery and a bunch of other shit. Like, life just took a big old shit. Yeah. And I had to move back in with my parents and forfeit my freedom because I legitimately could not take care of myself. Mm -hmm. I was in a full leg splint for six months, I want to say. I wasn't allowed to go back to work for three And even when I was allowed to go back to work, it was four hours at a time, three days a week. Mm -hmm. Like, it was garbage. And if you think, like, you know, oh, that sounds great. All you got to do is sit and watch TV all day. No. Yeah, here's the thing, though. You can't go to the bathroom by yourself because you can't walk. Like, that was the the most dependent I had ever felt. Mm -hmm. And the guy I was with would not get a job to keep the apartment, so... Both of us moved back in with my parents. Oh my god! I still don't know why they allowed that. They must. They, my parents love me too much. <laughs> is, is what that? Sometimes is.
0: you gotta say no. <laughs> Sometimes
2: you gotta say no. Yeah, but he moved back in with. Well, he moved in for the first time with my parents, as I moved back in with them, and then he was just there all the time, mm-hmm. and I was just there. All the time. I didn't have work to distract me anymore. I was sitting on my parents' couch. Three days after the incident. And it dawned on me. That this is the first time. That I've been at my parents' house. In four months. Oh yeah. I live three minutes away from them. (laughs) I could not remember. The last time I had called my father. Or talked to my mother. And it killed me he successfully isolated you i started analyzing the situation like i looked at timothy and didn't recognize him
0: Mm -hmm. like
2: kids grow up so goddamn fast yeah four months is a lot of time Mm -hmm. especially with their babies holy shit like when did you grow three inches so was that you're like that was my i can't do this anymore
0: yeah i Ah, can't ah moment. Aha yeah. moment is a good way to yeah, yeah. refer to it. Yeah. So I kicked him out. Nice
2: and that let's, still somehow wasn't the end of it.
0: Yeah, I think we should let's talk about yeah. everybody's like uh-huh. aha moments. Yeah, and then we'll come back to like the aftermath because yeah, you can get out of a situation, and any survivor of any type of abuse knows it's not necessarily over. It it can take a really long fucking it can time.
1: Sometimes get worse.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's in, in like, domestic abuse situations, especially, like, violent ones, that is the most dangerous time for a survivor is when they are leaving the situation. Kate, did you want to talk about your your aha moment? Yeah,
3: so mine has a little bit of a pull up to it, because it was a whole ordeal. Mm -hmm. So for me, in my situation, I had slowly been getting more and more, I already suffer from depression and anxiety, um, and he took advantage of that. I didn't realize until right. after the relationship, I had been talking to my mom about my depression whenever I could talk to her. Mm-hmm. My parents are also workaholics, so they weren't really free for me to talk to all the time. Mm-hmm. It's okay now. <laughs> um, but at the time, not so much. Oh. So I would call and I'd tell her, I'm like, Mom, I'm just, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just so unhappy. And she would just say <laughs> that I, I just need to get outside more. I just need to eat healthier. I need to just stop being so dramatic. I was uh, the words
0: "drama queen" were always oh those my were talking gosh. about me. Yeah, so I figured this thing might- is worse than also having a parent who's going to validate yeah. everything you're insecure about while yeah. you're trying to deal with some shit. It's cool by all means. <laughs> and I would talk
3: because as as a grown woman, you want to talk to your mom about those things. Towards the end, we were driving up north, and we were going to go. He always got extra edgy when we were going to go see my parents at some point. And I remember one specific time we're driving up and we're going to this underpass and he just whispers in my ear, you know, you could just drive the car into there and end everything, right? What the fuck? That's, what? Yeah. That was two year two and a half years into our relationship. That's what that's the stuff he would tell me because he oh. knew that I had I actually had turned into a zombie with emotions. I also mm-hmm. mirrored having actually no I couldn't cry. I couldn't do anything. Mm -hmm. I went on so many different antidepressants trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I started having sleeping problems. Mm. Um, and it all got worse after we got engaged. So he had done a big proposal. I thought that's why he was extra edgy for the longest time. Mm -hmm. Oh, he was going to propose. He's just nervous about that. That makes sense. No, things got like this got worse. So, um, he had you. He had me. He would tell me that when I'd be eating a salad how I needed to stop looking like I eat like a horse. Um his he was a big mama's boy. So unlike yours even though he had absolutely no like no emotion, his mm-hmm. mother dictated. She was also a hairstylist. Uh, she dictated how my hair would look and he would agree and they wouldn't listen to what I did and then they would do my hair and she would copy my hair two weeks later.
2: This is some straight Bates Motel That's bullshit. super fucking weird, dude. I
3: know. Like, <laughs> I mean, looking back on this, I'm just like, oh, I went down a dark path. <laughs> like a really bad
0: one. Shit almost got real fucked up. <laughs> it almost got real fucked what, up. What do
2: they call that? Is it an electric complex? Is that is that it? Because, ugh. Yeah. It was, it was
3: really bad. Like, that was constant like she's the one that wanted me to lose weight um she made me go in weight watchers what i lost a lot of weight i did but (sighs) i was so unhappy it didn't Mm -hmm. matter because when we were both overweight he was actually super happy now he was super there's a guy looking at you now i have to be aware now i have to be everything he was always Mm
2: -hmm. always
3: messaging me always making comments and tagging me trying to make everybody think we look happy on facebook and everything he had this facade well i started having sleeping problems I felt more tired when I got up. I even did, so I scheduled up a sleep study thing. A friend let me borrow a GoPro where Hmm. I would record myself sleeping. Oh, wow. Well, after 20 minutes of I would fall asleep, you would start to see my legs start running. I would literally, I flipped myself like a pancake, and my toes, you'd hear them scratching into the mattress, and all of a sudden, everything would turn off. I had found out later he had been trying to touch me in my sleep. Um, he had already been, I would not want to be intimate and he would just do it anyway. So I was already Son dealing with bitch. all of this kind of shit. And I'm like, well, I'm in a relationship. This is what happens in a relationship. And I didn't know. Nobody told me, like, I didn't know how to confront it. Like mm-hmm. nobody's yeah. told me anything was different. I grew up in two different types of homes. One was I had abuse a lot growing up mm-hmm. and it was really subtle, so the other half of the people who weren't abusive didn't know, mm. so they all chalked it up as to me being a teenage drama queen. Mm-hmm. So, like... So it's just I was that like, all over Yeah, it's just like, oh, this is what normal is. This right. is what normal is. And the breaking point... I was... I was in college, waiting before a class, and I just listen to music and just sit there and stare at the floor and I don't know how long but uh there were lines on the floor and I just remember watching them all of a sudden start moving I'd been staring at the ground so long and this girl comes up to me and uh she was in my class and I always I'll I'll tell you right off the bat like when I first met her I thought she was just a bitch (laughs) because I thought she was stuck up well she's like well I have a background in dance and I have a background in this and she wasn't meaning to it was just how she held herself together and it probably stung a little probably came from a little bit of jealousy too because I'm like my life is garbage fuck you like and I didn't know it and she Mm -hmm. sat down and had a conversation with me and she's like are you okay and I didn't tell her everything and she's like if you need anything Here is my number. And a part of me goes, I can't put this in my phone. Because I had started realizing he was going through my purse. Uh, Uh. He got mad because I put my cell phone under my pillow. And he would dig under my pillow. I had caught him a few times. Um, And the breaking point was one night I went to go to bed with him. Mm -hmm. And we were going to bed. And I didn't want to do anything. Mm -hmm. And instead, he had this weird habit, which will make everybody laugh, Um, he would do this thing where if he knew that I would turn him down for sex, he would eat the worst foods for his stomach, and then he'd try to fart up our bedroom. What? Yeah, this guy was extra weird. That is so weird.
2: What is your end game, sir? Where is this going to go? If you don't do me right now, I am going to turn into an obnoxious fart monster that you have to sleep next to. That! that could, Seriously! You
0: yeah. couldn't have thought any further than that.
1: Ugh. No, That's he, just, like, really bad manipulation.
3: Yeah. like He'd eat hungry men, by the way. Don't eat those. That's the worst on
0: your... Just that's like everything. as if
2: he... he like, I can't he, look at the. man That's like a
0: punishment for him too, but he was willing to endure it to punish you more. Because what <laughs> he would do is... But
2: what happens if you change your mind? Like... What if you're just like you know what? Actually, I'm feeling kind of sexy. Nope, you smell like all the farts. <laughs> I'm not doing it anymore. You're gonna but...
0: shit yourself if yeah. we do this. At
2: that point in the relationship, sleep <laughs> <please>. I know. <laughs> At that
0: point in the
3: relationship, he could read that. He could tell. He could tell if I was on the right flux and if he was willing to take advantage of how bad I was. And when he wasn't, he would chalk it up to me. He thought I was asleep because that's when he would try stuff. Was when I was asleep. Um, and he thought I was asleep and he, I turned and he said, quit fucking moving. And he punched me in the shoulder Aww. and I was awake Fuck. and I started crying a little bit to myself and I got up and the next day, um, I was also driving his vehicle cause I couldn't afford one. So he had Great. me buy that too. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was working, I was working the hours he liked to work. He changed his shift. So there was only 20 minutes between the time I got home and he was home. Like, he was always there. Christ. Um, but I woke up one morning to get ready for work, um, and I always got up extra early because I was like, I'm going to take my time, I'm going to take a shower. Mm-hmm. I don't sleep well anyway, who cares? And I went, I was looking for the keys to the car, and I knew I'd put them in my purse, it was next to my bed. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find them. And I'm like, hey, hey, like, hey, I'm, I can't find my keys. And he goes, well, maybe you shouldn't lose things so often. And I went... Well, I can't. He's like, well, maybe you don't deserve to have them.
0: Oh. Yeah, great.
3: So I had to, he's like, you're just going to have to find a ride. It's 4 a.m. I worked at a grocery store, and I had to be in the back helping prep things for people who might come in in the morning by 5 a.m. So I was up at 4 a.m., and I just started crying, and I walked, and I remembered I had that phone number. And I found that phone number, and I called her, and I called her crying, and I said, I need a ride to work. And I got to work and I broke down in front of my boss, like two hours in. He goes, what is wrong? Something is going on with you. He wouldn't let me, like we had a going away party for Mm -hmm. one of the coworkers. He made up an excuse of why we couldn't go. It was a female coworker. He didn't care. (sighs) Like we, I couldn't have a single friend. Right. At all. So at that time he, I, she picked me up and brought me. To there, and I talked to my boss, and he says, "Whatever you do, keep us posted. We are here for you. You need to do something now, though, while he's at work." Hmm. I called her back, um, and her. I'm okay with giving her name because she's talked about it before. Um, her name's Rihanna Johnson. That's a very familiar name, I'm sure. I'll tell, <laughs> I'll tell you why. Um, she let me borrow her car. I called my landlord, told my landlord what was up. She. She brought me to part of the campus and they said, we'll figure this out. We need your things out of that place now. Um, Talk to your landlord. And they're like, we legally can't unless you have a restraining order. But if you have problems with the apartment, me and a maintenance guy can come over and fix every little problem. And I fit whatever I cared about most that I could. And I shoved it into her tiny little car. And he had bought things like when he proposed to me, he proposed to me with a giant digital camera. And that's all I ever wanted was this beautiful digital camera. I left that behind because I wanted not a single fucking thing that he could hold against me. No, cuz he would. He would. <laughs> Absolutely. And um I packed everything before he could leave and right when he pulled up was when I was last putting the last bit in my car uh. and they had just left 20, like 15 minutes earlier. And he goes, "What are you doing?" I'm like and I with I mustered all the strength that I had and I said, "I'm Leaving. And he's like, do you want to talk with this? He's like, I'm like, I don't think I'll ever get a chance to. And I got in my car and I left. The first thing he did was removed our relationship status off Facebook. I called. And that's Mature. Yeah. Yeah. That was the
1: first thing. Um, Much adult. Very wow. And as I'm
3: driving away in her tiny little car, I am crying. And the first person I called was my stepdad. And I told him, I left him. I left him. And my dad goes, Why? And he didn't even have a fucking clue. And I realized I had never said anything. Right. And I told him, I'm like, he hit me. He hit me. He, I can't be with him. He's, he's horrible. He's everything. I, he's the reason I want to die every day. (laughs) And I, my parents, my mom wanted to come down and get me immediately because then it wasn't me being a drama queen. Right. Yes. And uh, instead, they didn't feel it was safe for me to do that. So Rihanna let me drop all of my things from her car and put it in her tiny apartment. Mm. And mm. she and the other people helped take two different cars. She, they put me in a different car. And then drove me to the women's he shelter. Had, yeah, he had, yeah. Seen that car. he
0: had seen he that did. car. Oh, so smart. Yeah.
3: So they put me in a different car. They brought me to the women's shelter. They said, "Do not make any phone calls. Do not let anybody know. You can text your parents. Let them know when you can come back." So I spent the night in a women's shelter. But the mm-hmm. reason why Rihanna Johnson might be a big name is because she uh, later in uh, 20. 14, she became Miss Wisconsin. So Miss Wisconsin saved my life.
0: She's like a legitimately um, amazing person.
3: She's so legitimate. I don't know what I would do without her. Um, she deserves that. She deserved to win mm-hmm. Miss America. She deserves to win Miss Universe. She deserves <laughs> to win all of the things. She is the sweetest human being. She teaches children how to dance too. And that's why she held herself that way. And mm-hmm. I will never look at a person and be like, you might look like you have rusting bitch face, but there might
2: be more to you, and
3: I want to hear it.
0: That's amazing.
2: Yeah. yeah, how incredible it can be to take the 45 seconds out of your life to recognize that a stranger, like a complete and utter stranger, someone you may have seen in passing, is... Obviously not right, and just to extend a hand,
3: like
0: yeah, she noticed. Incredible.
3: She noticed something, and she did something about it. And mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, so that's that was my her. big breaking point, and how I how I got out.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's legit. Okay, so I didn't have. I don't think it was any one moment. Mine was sort of like a slow build, but literally, Kate, when you said, "I'm just so unhappy and I don't know why," those were literally things. I said all the time. Like and I I was really unhappy and I had no fucking clue why. Like I could not pinpoint it. And that is the silliest thing to think now. Yeah. When I think
2: back it's like so obvious. Yeah. I was so depressed for so long and none mm-hmm. of the medication was working and none of the yeah. therapy was working. Mm-hmm. I was diagnosed as autistic during that time. Mhm. Um, and thought that maybe that had something to do with it mm-hmm. uh, Fact check guys Being autistic has no bearing on your happiness But being with a shitty fucking boyfriend <laughs> does yeah. I'll tell you that much it, right now It has
0: everything to do with it Um, I don't think I wasn't like isolated in that way I already was living apart from family Because I was I was here in La Crosse And they were in another city And I was going to college with him And we had all the same friends So it was also It was like I didn't have anything that was mine Really but he wasn't stopping me from really seeing people. Um, but he was also like, we'd gotten to a point of sort of codependency where like he was my best friend. He was the person I talked to about almost everything. So when I was saying, I'm just so unhappy and I don't know why I was saying it to him. I never said it to anybody else. He was the only person I ever told. And that's like, he was the worst person to ever tell. Cause his explanation was never Maybe it's something I'm doing. Right. <laughs> like, he was never, he was a narcissist. He was <sighs> never able to think of, like, himself as somebody who might be doing something wrong. Um, so it was always my fault, something I was doing wrong. Um, he got to the point of that, like, he wanted me to feel so much like I was completely fucking incompetent. Like, I've always felt like I'm, I'm not a dumb person. I did then, though. I felt like I was a goddamned idiot. I had, I lacked all common sense. I couldn't do anything without him. And that's because he told me I couldn't. Yeah. Um, There's a nickname he had for me, and to this day, like, I have a lot of nicknames now, but Mm. this is one I don't. Yeah, I do. It's true. Mmm, tasty. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, that one, he used to call me Tay. Uh, I don't like it when people call me that anymore because he made that eventually over time into a verb. And that verb was uh for to fuck up. So if I ever ca- came home and I had like a rough day at work or just like something went wrong, i try to tell him about it and be like, oh, so you Tayed. God, you always do that. <laughs> wow. A, yeah. Like yeah. every time. That's how every, they do it. Did they you bring t-? your emotions you I drop something. Did you Tay? Like that's my name. <laughs> you made my name into a fuck-up, like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's awful. Like, that is some shit. Um, And yeah, so, like, that was just happening all the time. I had slowly become this, like, sort of emotional wreck, too. Like, I would cry at the drop of a fucking hat. Like, that was not a thing I had ever done before, but I was just all over the place. And, of course... That's just more fodder for him to say, look how crazy you are. Look,
2: you're so irrational. I why know. are you behaving like this? This right. is why you need me is because you can't fucking control yourself. Yes.
0: Because yes, that's what queen. being gaslighted is every day for a- three years. Oh. <laughs> yes. Um, It'll do that to a person. It will make you
3: randomly cry and then get angry and then yeah. feel guilty about having anger in yeah. your
0: life. Because you are not allowed to be angry. So obviously, it's all your fault. It is all your this fault. Way. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, my biggest thing is I really wished somebody had said something to me. Yeah. Like, I really fucking, because we had friends, they were all the same friends, they were some of my best friends, I still love them a lot, but like, one of, my best friend at the time, who was not him, uh, my girlfriend, she, one time she was like driving us somewhere and she just goes, I don't know why you let him treat you that way. (laughs) And, like, that was the first time anyone had ever said anything like that to me. And I was like, what way? And it turned out, like, he was, he was a shit to me in front of all our friends. Like, he would call me super annoying. Like, Ooh. nothing I said was funny. Like, every... Yeah, even if we were having a good time, he'd wreck it by putting me down in That's front of everyone. really
3: an interesting tactic. Because yeah. usually, like, like, in my case the reason why he pulled back was because he didn't want to do that in front of my friends for somebody to make that comment. Yeah, it's kind
2: of a weird opposite that flip-flop. Yeah, That's c- a weird, weird dynamic. He presented as a perfectly normal person, except for uh, when, on the rare occasions that we did go out, because, like I said, he was a friend of a friend of a friend, so he would be in the same circle that I was in, mm-hmm. so everybody knew him, mm-hmm. uh, just not all that well, but we'd go hang out like at your fiance's apartment Mm -hmm. we'd go hang out there and there'd be you know six or seven people there and most of them were dudes and we would go but i wasn't allowed to go without him Mm -hmm. and if i didn't pay 80 percent of my attention to him while we're out with other people Mm -hmm. then whoever i paid the most attention to was obviously the one that i was fucking right and that became so taxing that i just stopped going out anymore. Mhm. But that's the reason he pulled me back is because he didn't want to put in the effort to make himself look like a normal fucking human sure. for 10 goddamn seconds to be around other people. So no one saw that side of things. Mm -hmm. I just think he's
3: super ballsy for doing that in front of your friends. Well, I think,
2: like, what the thing is, because it it wasn't just my
0: friends. They were his friends, too. We had all the same friends. I think he felt ownership over those friends. He wasn't trying to put on a front for them to look a certain way. Because we'd all known him the exact same amount of time. We all met him the same week. So he was done probably being a fake-ass person to everybody. He He was was showing his
3: narcissism to to a max. He had, like...
0: That was the problem was that everybody saw it and nobody said anything, which is kind of shitty. I, oh, yeah, it me. can take like one person that I will say just her saying that one little thing. I was like, huh? Okay. I hadn't thought about that before. It, but like, anyway, let me like blow through this and then we'll yeah. move on to like aftermath shit and then we'll finish this shit up. This is gonna be a nightmare to edit. it. I love it. all of you so much. <laughs> um... <laughs> um but, yeah, so eventually I had been asking to go on a break, just a break, for, like, a really long time because that was the only thing. I, would like, narrowed it down to everything else in my life was fine except for this. So maybe let's just go on a break. Let's just take a break. Let's just, like, not spend every waking fucking minute together. And also let's not smoke, like, half an ounce of weed a week. Like, maybe yeah. let's just not do that. Um, so we didn't go on a break for many months until he decided we we could go on a break. He said, I would like to now go on a break. And so we went on a break <laughs> right. like, because of course, of course he dictated everything. And I was fortunate enough at the time that it was summer and my friends had an apartment they were going to move into in the fall that they already had the lease signed for. They just weren't living there yet because they were at home for the summer. So I moved there. I took all my shit. I put it in one of their bedrooms and I just lived there. And the problem with that was uh, again, he was my best friend. He was one of my closest people in my whole life. We were very codependent to the point where I basically would just walk from there to the place where I used to live and hang out with him every single fucking night. Like, cause that's all we knew how to do. That was, we'd been doing that for three years. I had no idea how not to do that. Yep. But slowly over time, I spent like two or three weeks by myself where like, we would just do like Wednesday nights. Otherwise, we were spending time apart from each other until finally one night I was hanging out with him. and We got super drunk and we went back to my place and I just looked at him and I don't really know what happened. But I just looked at him and I was like, I don't want to be with you anymore. I don't love you. I don't think you're a very nice person. And I want you to leave this house right now. You and he did.
2: You put him in an environment that you have established as your own, it yeah, I think first that was helpful, time yeah, that you, in the last three years, had started making decisions mm-hmm. and you put him in the environment where you get to make the decisions, yeah, you had spent three years in this place where it was established that he made the decisions, mm-hmm. and you completely changed your scenery, and everything that was in that apartment you put there right, you decided where everything was. And when that component came in, it was so obvious you didn't want it there.
0: Right? Yeah. Like, it's if I hadn't have gotten out of the house, if we hadn't have gotten that break, I don't know how long it would have taken me because it already took three years, and it was already shit for yeah. the whole time, pretty yeah. much. You also got and- that break
3: away from him to
2: go. I'm okay without him. Right. I
0: don't feel like shit right now. I don't hate myself as much when he's not telling me to. I
2: feel perfectly fucking competent. I've functioned for the last six hours and look (laughs) at me go. Right. I did laundry. I did the dishes. I didn't fall over. I'm not listening to you tell me how stupid I am. Right.
0: Like, so I'm not trying to gloss over this, but we should move on to like, uh aftermath stuff because like we're saying it's not the hardest like that's sometimes the hardest part for people is they get out of a relationship and then they have to deal with the aftermath and other people
3: i think people don't talk about the aftermath enough and i think that's that's a really big thing is that there is aftermath after these relationships
1: you didn't have much i didn't talk about it oh sure yeah for years
3: yeah. yeah well that's that's also the aftermath is you having to process it
0: like, uh, and that's
2: fucking hard. Part of it is how other people react to you when yeah. you're trying to vocalize what had happened. Because when, right. when I finally ended things with Asshat and kicked him out of my parents' house, uh, my mother came home from work and asked where he was. And they had established a pretty decent relationship. Both my mother and this guy came from awful nightmare childhoods. Um, spent most of their time growing up in foster care, and they had really identified with each other. Mm -hmm. And when she asked where he was, I told her that I had broken up with him. And I didn't get any opportunity to say why or anything to that extent. And she immediately flew off the handle and told me, like, I can't treat people that way because he has had such a hard life, and I have been so fortunate, and...
0: That's some fucking garbage. And it
2: was coming from my own mother. Now, I love my mother very much. When I finally got the courage to sit her down and be like, Hey, just so you know, um, I just realized that this relationship this entire time, I have been being raped. Because I have told him that, no, I don't want to have sex with you. But I'm his girlfriend, and it's my obligation to.
3: Yep. There was
2: literally one point in our relationship where I was getting ready for work. The thing that paid for the place we were living in. And I had about ten minutes to get there, and he just walks into the bathroom stark naked and points at his boner. And I was like, (laughs) well, doesn't that suck? Like, I've got shit to do. And then just held me down, took care of himself, and then I went to work. Oh, fuck. And that was that was a thing that I thought was what I'm supposed to do. I'm the girlfriend. It's my job to make sure that's taken care of. And it just came to a screeching halt in my mind. I like, fuck that! That is mine! You don't go to somebody else's fucking house because they told you one time that you could borrow their car and just... Grab the keys to their car and fuck off without asking them the next time. It's not mm-hmm. how this works. No. But right. in addition to that, I told her about the, the emotional manipulation and and all of that. And she finally came around and, like, apologized for not giving me the opportunity to tell her or for not recognizing the symptoms. And, and And, like, my parents accepted it and helped me in that way, but... Even after I had broken up with him, he would show up to my parents' house while I was literally physically incapable of doing anything on my own. My baby brother is at at school. Mm -hmm. My other brother and my father worked at the same place and were gone. They worked shift work, so you knew exactly when they were going to be gone and when they were going to be home. Mm -hmm. My mom worked shift work as well, you know, it was predictable when the house was going to be empty, and that's when he would be there. And I couldn't run, and I couldn't do anything, and I felt like I would be the worst person on the planet if I called the cops or if I told anybody about it, because I didn't want, as awful as he was, I still hadn't figured out, like, his behavior is not acceptable. It was just, I don't want this person's life to get worse than what it already has been. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's not the right fucking yeah, mindset you're, to have. You're not no. responsible for, no, no, like, his no. life. Like, my life matters, too. But right. it had been two years of me thinking that it didn't. My right. life was owed to him. Right, It's putting you know?
1: someone above you. Yeah. yeah. Of, oh, my feelings are not justified because look at what my feelings are doing to it, that person, and that's not right. It's right. like an that,
2: extension of that
3: manipulation. It's that mentality that, oh, your situation's bad, but... There are people out there with it a lot worse. So, yeah. I mean, oh, right, how dare you feel sad? How dare sad you because feel sad because of because that? Because someone yeah. else has it worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And your feelings mean something. Your safety is everything for mm-hmm. you. That should be something that
0: you are taught.
2: That mm-hmm. takes a while to learn. Yeah. Very and much so. Yeah. Especially when no one's
0: teaching it to you, you just have right. to learn it yourself. You just have to figure like... it out. And I'd like to
2: say that he just eventually stopped, but he didn't. um i ended up getting better and going back to work and doing things and he kept showing up and i i couldn't i couldn't do it so i ended up staying on a friend's couch most nights unofficially it was kind of a halfway house situation none of us were in a really good place Mm -hmm. and we kept each other going but living there um Unofficially on someone's couch. You don't have a bedroom, you don't have a closet, you don't have anything, you still have to go home sometimes to mm-hmm. shower and get clothes and you still have to go to work and that leaves windows of opportunity for him to find you. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the long and the short of this is before it was finally over, he had hacked my Facebook account to read all of my messages by putting a keylogger in my computer and finding all of my passwords to everything, and that was a huge nightmare mess. Uh, He had stolen my phone to read all of my messages out of my phone, and he had broken the windshield out of my car because I still refused to get back together with him. And I still didn't call the cops because he's just lashing out. Like, (laughs) he'll get over
0: it. Boys will be boys, right? Yeah, boys (laughs) Boys boys will be boys.
2: It was the worst... ...experience I have ever had to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, to to spin that on a, in a positive light... I, I used to hate him. Mm-hmm. I did. I used to want him to die. Because I didn't know how to process my own feelings. Mm-hmm. I have gotten to a point now where I know that he lives... ...literally across an ocean now. And I still don't think that's far enough away from me. <laughs> but... I want him to be better, I want him to succeed in life, and I never want him to treat anyone like this again, and here is where there's always an opportunity for redemption. He had messaged me over Facebook a very long, very heartfelt, genuine, like, three-page-long message detailing how he was looking back on everything and how terrible he had treated me and how there's no excuse for his behavior and that he knows that there's nothing he can ever do to get us back together and he doesn't want that either and there's nothing he can do to make up for anything that happened but he wanted me to know that he's learned from it and he will never do it again he didn't ask anything of me he didn't it, there was no manipulation behind it. For the first time in our history interacting together, he wasn't trying to use me. Mm hmm. Wow. So. I'm like hoping the, it's a happy ending. Yeah. 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 And that's like. Yeah, that's hope. what
3: you hope for. That's. Yeah. You just. That's. There's some sense that just comes to them. Even though it sucks that it happened to you, just. That's your hope. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean.
0: And I'll just. Like real quick, I'll say about mine that like, I, yeah, you know, I think we all got happy endings in the end. Like we're very lucky that we know who we know right now and we're all friends and none of us have to see those people ever again. Yeah, oh, that's not maybe. true. Well, I sometimes maybe. have to see those people. At least we don't have to see them on purpose. No one's making us. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, I, my, my problem with it was I, I think a support group is a really big fucking deal for when you're trying to get through this sort of thing. You need people that you can rely on, you can go to if you need somewhere to stay or you need somebody to help you move your stuff. I did have that because I almost immediately, well, hmm. I almost immediately started dating Jake. We're just going to leave it at that. Um, Jake, for people who don't know, um, is also on other podcasts and he is my fiance and we've been together for six years pretty much like the same time as I broke up with this other guy. And He helped me. He brought me back to that apartment to get my shit. I, If I hadn't had that, I probably wouldn't have had anybody who was willing to do that because, again, all my friends were his friends, and they have never stopped being his friend. Um, even after I was on my best girlfriend's couch, when I was reading, we were taking like a women's class together, like a women's gender class. And I learned what gaslighting was. i had literally never heard the term before. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, Oh, okay. Study vocab gaslighting. And I read the definition and I just went. This was it. Like he, did, <laughs> he was doing this to me every single day. And I think they were just, they felt like they were all in a really awkward position. They didn't want to choose sides. We'd all known each other the exact same amount of times. So I would say stuff like that and they would just go, oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. It's not like I don't think they didn't believe me. I think they did. I think it just didn't matter enough to make them not want to be around him. It, it was, was too
2: to be- awkward. They, yeah. wanted, they
3: wanted to be naive to the fact that it was an actual thing that happened to another person. They wanted right. to believe it wasn't real.
2: They didn't yeah. want to make the decision. No. They, they they wanted it to be black and white, and yeah. it wasn't black and white, so they were just going to continue doing whatever and let the rest of the pieces fall where right. they get.
0: And plus, yeah. on, like, this, on his side of the story, because they're his friends too, he has a side of the story in which I am a shitbag. <laughs> like, so... Of course they they don't know what to do, and I, I can't really blame them for that. The one thing that really sucks about it is that two of my best friends from college still live with him. They all still live together. So if I want to see them sometimes, like one of my friends comes to lacrosse for her birthday sometimes because she, she still loves lacrosse. We all had our very formative years here. She, he always comes along. He's always right fucking there. <laughs> and now I've recently heard, I don't think he's with anybody, but um, he was with a guy on and off for the last couple of years, and my friend would... Tell me about their relationship, and she'd be. She was like, "Well, he's not treating him as poorly as he treated you, but it's still pretty fucking bad." I'm like, well, "Are you saying anything? You telling
2: him any of Did this? Did you tell the guy?
0: Like, say something, please. I wish you had done this for me. Say something for this guy.
2: Yeah, as, like even as just as plant victims, a little seed. I you have, have experienced this." No, this is not going to be the most comfortable conversation no. you have ever had in your life. But for fuck's sake, the people that are living this yes. nightmare have no idea. Yeah, they have no clue. I had no fucking clue. If you fucking see something, say something. Yes, these people Even, it need you. It doesn't have to be groundbreaking. It doesn't have to be anything big. It is as simple as, I don't think that he should treat you that way
0: right yeah i think this is bad and i don't like what i'm seeing and you deserve better than this seriously like it doesn't have to be hard 10 words be rihanna johnson yeah
3: (laughs) we all need one of those because honestly like your guys's like fallout i mean bobby yours is scary and then you had your family like for me though i didn't I'm still dealing with the aftermath, Mm -hmm. and it's been, well, how long have I known you guys? Like, four years? Longer
0: than that.
2: It's been longer
3: than that. that Five, six? I can't keep up anymore. I know. (laughs) Um, But when it all happened, I moved back in with my parents for a month. I had emotional breakdowns. I stopped eating. I got down to a size eight, um, for those who know my figure, and um, I I am built... Very curvy for my size. My stepdad walked in on me having a complete breakdown where I literally was on the ground and rocking myself to try to get some form of like gravity, and Mm -hmm. he had to carry me out of the room. There was a thing where I could possibly bump into him again, and I mentioned that I had to talk to somebody about it. And Mm -hmm. she says, why don't you just get over that? It was so long ago. That's why I always, I still have trust issues. That's why I've picked some shitty people to be with. But now I see those flakes faster. And that's when I started to meet you guys. And that's when my life has gotten so much better. That's why I'm so big on, I am a person who I will never, ever let myself be dependent on another human being ever again. And mm-hmm. it's not just trust issues. I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that's not the problem. I've become a very strong, independent human being After all of this, which is if there's any, like, fucking light out of all of it, it's that I know all I need in this life is myself. Mm -hmm. Even though I can, my, I still have anxiety, I still have that voice in the back of my head saying, maybe you were the problem. I know I'm not.
2: Right. But... Yeah, that shit doesn't just go away. It doesn't. No. No, It's there
3: forever. It is
2: there forever. It
1: will probably never go
3: away.
2: No. You
3: have to just address it. You don't run from it. You don't fight it. You let it come and you go, why would that make sense Mm -hmm. at all? Look at me. Look what I'm doing. It's okay to be sad. It is okay to be depressed. It is okay to get anxious. It is okay that you have to go home and be by yourself and that's how you decompress. That's Mm -hmm. okay. And I think that's a thing that people after everything everybody has to deal with their aftermath a little bit differently and to me the more I can keep a clear mind about it the better I can show hey you can go through something as similar as me Mm -hmm. or as any of us and eventually it does get better like that can come
2: out fine you can come out okay Mm
3: -hmm. like it's you like you just you're just at a tough spot. You're just at a tough spot in life, right? But it can get better. That's not just a cliche. No, no it really true. isn't, and that's that's why I, I really do appreciate it. I do. Yeah. appreciate Yeah, you know,
1: on. we we cover so many different types of survivors. We try and keep a variety, mm-hmm. and it comes in all sizes and, and they shapes and forms. Some and shit, we are all still alive. Yeah, yeah. That's Which why
0: we wanted to do a podcast. It's big. Yes, yeah. that's why we wanted to do a podcast about survivors. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because there's always hope there. As long as you yeah. are still alive, there yeah. is always hope. And that's the best, coolest part. And that's what we all are here. we yeah. survivors.
2: Yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah. you guys. I Hi know yeah. that I'm not a regular on the podcast, but if you have any questions specific for Kate or I... You can still submit them to what's
0: our email? It's uh ohdailygravy at gmail And yeah, if you like just wanna reach out to us, if you yeah, have if you us, want to talk. Yeah, if you just wanna talk. Yeah, like, if you just wanna tell someone your story that we will never share with anybody that wouldn't be for podcasting purposes, if no. you just want to talk about it, we're totally here. And that includes the two of us, but also Kate, Bobby, anybody yeah. else Daily think. They'll on. let us know. Yeah. We see them on a fairly regular oh yeah um almost, almost. too
1: regular um, we're <laughs> a bit of a cult
2: guys
1: <laughs> we were at like cult number nine last night maybe yeah ten? we made
2: a ninth cult. Yeah. yeah it was so, a good one though it was yeah we put tape on our noses <laughs> and <we laughs> <made> little <ciggies.
0: laughs> all right um well i just want to end by saying i love you all very much love and thank you for being, to being love here you too mm. yeah okay bye bye Has been a daily gravy production. Thanks for listening.
3: Hey Liz, do you remember that movie that came out a couple years ago with like the f- five guys and the and the one woman?
2: I don't know, Maggie. Can you be a little more specific?
3: Um, the the woman had to dress up like really really sexy, like slits up her legs and boobs all over the place. The, the guys mom, the guys just got to wear their normal clothes.
2: Gosh, uh thinking about it, that sounds like um every movie ever made
1: do you want to make a podcast about it
2: i think we should we should make a podcast because movies and tv need more girls yeah they do and what would we call it
3: cool story needs more girls
2: i like it and where would we release it
3: uh let's do it with
2: the daily Grape. when every other monday perfect see you there